Welcome to the We Shape Podcast. Hey. Well, that was a peppy intro. I like it. It's the green jacket. It's, it's my jacket. really feeling herself If today. you guys aren't watching it, if you're not on YouTube, you're on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, Katie is wearing okay. a gigantic <laughs> green puffer jacket. It's not easy being green, guys. I've already <laughs> talked about my obsession with Kermit the Frog. It's cold today. How come you're not wearing anything? I was just doing some yoga in the sunshine. I don't know. I'm warm from inside. My light's <laughs> shining from within. <laughs> well then well on that note um we're doing a special holiday episode just the three of us today no oh. guest just Happy to talk holidays. about all the shit that comes with the holidays <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so we met before this nina and i and we were like okay so let's let's lay it on thick i was actually telling someone i was working out this morning with my trainer and i was telling him i was like I want to keep a little bit of my um, conditioning intact so that I don't like fully discard the holiday season because I do really <laughs> just like it. it. Just yeah. It's all done. Because like as I kind of break free from like old, you know. Expectation and. Yeah. As I break free from that, I like, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know, you know, but I'm like, I, I'm going to keep a little bit of the conditioning there because I do love all the lights and the holiday spirit. It's a special time. But I also think the holidays come with a lot, a lot of expectations, a lot of drama, a lot of energy. And so I thought today we would just talk about, I don't know, this this episode's going to air right before if some people celebrate Christmas or not everybody does, obviously, but right around that time. And so I thought, you know, let's give I, one of my favorite things to do recently is to give myself permission to do something and then experience the liberation of that permission and then come here and give you guys permission to do it, too. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. So what are we giving people permission to do? Um, well, Nina and I took a few notes, right. but I think we're going to start with food in the holidays. Yeah, that's Ooh, a big one. Yeah. So I don't know, like, Nina, tell me your experience with food in the holidays. Does it like stuff come up for you? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think throughout my life, you know, you're kind of, I guess, you know, growing up as a millennial woman, you kind of have that idea of like, this is my moment. I got to go for it. You know, like I'm going to maybe be controlling what I'm eating throughout the rest of the year. Usually doing some kind of deprivation. New Year's is right around the corner. Deprivation diet. I'm going to like try not to gain weight during the holidays. Oh, God forbid. And then like January 1st is coming and I got to like zip it up and do something different. And I think for me, you know, it kind of always really started like a watershed effect of like, oops, I'm making a really poor choices, totally overeating at every turn. Not just like, oh, I'm going to enjoy the holiday and, and eat this food and not punish myself, but having like a pretty terrible cyclical relationship with food around the holidays that really felt like I had to eat everything that was in front of me kind of in mm. order to enjoy the season. And then like, then I wouldn't at all ever again. It was kind of this all or nothing thing. And then it always kind of just bred bad habits that made me pretty uncomfortable throughout the entire season. Cause you know me, I have a sensitive stomach and like, going hard like that's usually not a good payout for me so it was kind of like you either were gonna like and i can relate to this too either be super buttoned up and like commit to yourself that you weren't going to gain weight over the holidays and then not enjoy kind of, anything and but then would you do the thing where you okay ready would you do this thing <laughs> where you then wouldn't do that and then you're like well it's already over new year's around the corner so i might as well just give in to the rest that's of the what season I mean. like yeah, i would yeah. literally go so hard from probably i would say Let's be real. The beginning of October, because Halloween's coming, like the beginning of October <laughs> all the way through probably mid-January, like I'm fucked off. Like we're doing yeah. whatever and we're eating as much as we really kind of physically can. You know, we're cut from the same cloth in that. Like, you know, a simple thing I always think about is when I used to do like cheat days on a diet. Oh, God, the and, cheat days. And it was like, it wasn't like a cheat day. Like, let me just, 
you know, eat like a couple things that I like. It was like, <laughs> let me write down everything that I want to eat in the week and let me try to like end my life on Today. one day per week with the quantity and, and the, you know, the type of foods. Yeah. You know? So I'll call you out on it because you just said like, I can kind of relate. And I'm like, just from this side of the table, <laughs> like, like I've never seen you f- like, um, I, frankly, this is the right word for it. I've never seen you like binge eat in that way. And I've definitely been a victim to this. I've definitely past. binge eat. And like, I remember one time I went to a baseball game with your cousin Mike. And I was like trying to get, yeah, (laughs) we went to this baseball game and we were getting all these snacks and stuff. And I was like, I want this over here and I want this over here and blah, blah. And he's like, you know, and he said this in the kindest way. And I'm actually really (laughs) appreciative of it. But he was like, they're not going to stop making corn dogs, you know, like you can like get one at another time. And I was like, oh my God, like that's true. Like I have this energy around food sometimes that if I don't eat it now, I won't ever be able to have it again. Well, because they're special holiday foods too. Let's get real. Well, I, every... The holiday JoJo's? No, I, I feel you. <laughs> I, think, I think, but if we take it and rewind it even a step deeper, right? Go a little bit deeper. And we ask ourselves, why is it that we have this personality trait? Why is it that we want to, like, comfort ourselves with food? And frankly, you know, when I really examine that in myself and I look back on the past, I realize, wow, when I felt sad, when I felt lonely, when I didn't feel like enough, food made me feel better. Right? Yeah. It's designed to make you feel better. Most of the foods Cookies like do that. that. Sugar, <laughs> processed carbohydrates, all this stuff elevates your dopamine, makes you feel good. You know, your insulin goes up, you got more energy, you're all hyped up, and then it drops right back down, and so you start feeling bad. And then what do you need to do? Do it all over again and repeat that cycle. I mean, sugar legitimately changes my mood. Like if I'm in a bad mood and I eat a piece of chocolate, I feel different usually. It's, it's, it's proven to do so. So how do we give people tools to do what we've talked about a million times this podcast? Become aware. That's the first step, right? Like, hey, oh, weird. I'm I'm seeing this and I'm craving this and I want to I want to do that and I have a tendency to go after it and binge it or whatever and just like you know let the wheels fall off. How do I go from the awareness of what I'm about to eat to getting in touch with like maybe what's deficient inside me to also being able to enjoy the holidays? You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I kind of think it starts with not <laughs> setting the precedent that you can't have something. See, that's exactly what uh, I the food say. restriction mm. shit. It, let's stop that a little bit. Like, it's just because I think once you can give yourself permission to say, "I'm going to enjoy what I feel like I'm going to enjoy," I think is kind of step one. Um, because I do think you tend to go further and like make choices you otherwise wouldn't as a way of breaking free from the restriction. I th- that's such a big. I agree. I mean, kids do that. It's an it's an inherent part of it's being like rebellion. human. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I think that's part one. I like it. So don't don't tell yourself you can't have it because then the craving builds. You want it more, and then you probably will indulge on it. Food a lot restrictions more don't well. work. They period. There we go. End, yeah. end of story. Okay. Yeah. So uh, giving yourself permission to enjoy things around this time of year, certain things that we you know we went to a party last night together. There was like twenty five pies, and it was like. I got to enjoy a couple of them. That was great, right? Um, but I didn't go in with any restriction, and as a result, I didn't feel like I was on high alert. There wasn't as en- I just left the energy at the door. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing, this is something that I have personally been practicing. I don't know if you guys have any take on this, but I've been trying to cultivate a little bit more reverence and respect for food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the pe- like the energy that goes into making the food the uh, people who grew the food, the I feel like it deepens my connection and creates a mutual respect. So if you're looking at having a relationship with anything outside of yourself, whether it be a person, whether it be food, whether it be your community, I feel like that relationship has to have reverence and respect. I don't know, call me crazy. 
But like part of that reverence and respect for me, I try and I'm not all, you know, I'm just trying. Maybe I'm eating a little slower. Maybe I'm saying having a moment of gratitude before I eat the food. Like those are things for me that deepen the relationship in a positive way with the experience with food rather than eat as much as you can, as quick as you can. And it's not about, I'm, I'm not saying to do this so that you restrict yourself. I'm actually saying don't restrict yourself. And I'm saying that sometimes having that respect for the food creates a different energy exchange when you're eating it. I don't know. That's just been what I've noticed about myself. I think that's true. And I think like one thing that sort of was bred out of me as a young person um, around food was that like, you know, if you're enjoying yourself, like that's a no-no. Like, you know, you shouldn't enjoy it Mm. in that way. And I'm like, actually, I I think food is meant to be pleasurable. Like, I think you're supposed to have connection over food. Like, why do we go out to dinner? Why do we have these coffee dates with friends? Like, it's because it's part of our connection as a species to share food with people. And like, to kind of look at how food can be the foundation of that and not be like, I'm actually only here to just eat this whole pie and like, I, I have no time for anything else. That's yeah, a, so I don't big. know. I that's don't know. Big. I just want to like, I want to go to bat for the people who hear what you said and are like, whoa, how do I get there? Because like I have been there. Holy cow. And like <clears throat> you say build a grid relationship with food. Well, I'm sure that a lot of people on the podcast have, had, have been in bad human relationships. Yeah. And a relationship with junk food can often feel a lot like that, right? You're going into the, the relationship and it makes you feel so good for a period yeah. of time. And then it makes you feel horrible inside your body and about your body. And then you go back to it over and over again. And it's just this vicious cycle of like, again, trying to drown something inside of you, some sort of pain or you know uh, lack of feeling connected inside of you. And it it solves that temporarily, and then it goes away, and then it I mean, solves that temporarily. How did I away. eat milk products as a deeply lactose intolerant person? Which I watch I'm you sure, sick every day. I'm sure all, there are a lot of other lactose intolerant people in the world who are like, "Screw that! I love cheese. Like I'm going for it." And I was that person for like 11 years. But you were very ill I was all the time. Very sick though. But I mean, I just was like, I refuse to lose. Like I want to eat cheese this bad, and and for a long time that worked. It was uncomfortable and painful but it worked and today I have a really different relationship with food in the sense that like I really do enjoy the things I eat absolutely I still eat things that are amazing I still eat pizza I still eat great stuff but like cheese hates me and I just don't go that direction anymore and how many times can you show up and just get punched in the oh face before you eventually just are like, I'm not going to do this anymore? It was brutal. You know? <laughs> well, I do think the first step, though, around the holidays is if you can give yourself permission to not restrict. Yeah. Yeah. Because the restrictions never work, and then you end up in a, in the hamster wheel of shame. Yeah. And and then and then it's self-criticism and judgment, and then it, binge eating, and it's just a cycle. Yeah. So I think if, 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 there's, if there's anything that we can share is maybe just and and i was I've, I've said this before on the podcast i've been very specific in our community and our product to not give nutrition advice yeah so i'm like very mindful i'm trying to be very mindful of the words that come out of my mouth because i really don't believe that there's any one size fits all diet and i think that there's a whole component of food that is completely overlooked and it's around the energy around food sure and um, I do believe that certain foods do different things for your body and there's certain levels of nutrient density and long-term processed food consumption can, can create maybe some discomfort in the body. I also believe that eating really healthy is a privilege, right, because it's more expensive. So I, I want to, like, acknowledge all of those parts. I also want to say that the, one of the pillars of this 
uh, community that we're building at WeShape isn't so much centered on food, but I felt like I, I needed to bring it up around the holidays a little bit because like people do talk to us a lot about that. But I would say the first thing is just giving giving your take, taking the restrictions away. I think that's brilliant. Taking the restrictions away is big. Like I mean, our beliefs dictate like our thoughts and our actions, right? Um, and our thoughts and our actions are um, affecting us all the time. The way that we think and we feel about what we're doing often has more meaningful impact on the way our body functions than what we're actually doing, right? And so if we're going out there and we're eating junk foods, and then right afterwards, we're like, you're so stupid, you're eating these junk foods, you're so fat, you're worthless, blah, blah, blah. All we're doing is creating like a negative internal environment mixed with the negativity that, of the foods that we just ate as well. And so it's just like negative upon negative upon negative upon negative, like that's what's gonna hurt people. So instead of eating bad foods and, um, or I don't wanna call them bad foods, but let's call them fun foods is what you guys, we always like to do with the kids, right? Instead of eating fun foods and feeling really bad about yourself, it's like, how do we all just eat some fun foods and be appreciative of I know, the reality I kind of wanted to call that. you out a tiny bit. <laughs> mean, around calling them junk foods. Food is just food. Yeah, yeah. yeah we That's have to true. try to like take away the demonization we created. I was watching a beautiful TikTok uh, today from someone who I believe her Instagram handle is the Nutrition Tea um, on Instagram. Um, and it was a TikTok about uh, people who think fruit is bad for you, right? Because yeah. it's got sugar, because it's sweet. And it's like, no, fruit's full of minerals. It's full of fiber. It's full of all kinds of vitamins. But it it definitely does certain things inside your body, absolutely. And like those can be different for different people. But like fruit's good. It's okay. I mean, I feel like the we can part. actually, okay. I feel like we could sit down and have a and and bring an expert on and have like a scientific discussion around nutrient density and food as the vehicle for those nutrient densities. But what I think we're trying to do is like 20 steps before that. Yeah. And I think that people go straight to that and then they live in these rules and then they live in these belief systems and I think that like they build way, themselves a prison, right? Way before that yeah. comes the energy around food. Yeah. And I think you can't really go there until you reestablish the energy around food and your relationship to the food. So that's why I want to like be mindful about the words like junk food because yeah, that's yeah. just like a, a negative connotation to food and then it takes us down the path of labeling good and bad and I want I want to start at, at square one which is like mm. relationship and energy around food. And the only person who can really that's that's the other thing is the other path where we start going down all the nutrition stuff we get to go, oh, I'm going to refer to the expert, and this is what they said. But when you're talking about the energy and the relationship around the food, unfortunately, that's 100% you. Yeah. It's your responsibility to create that dynamic, and only you know the real reasons why the energy exists and doesn't exist. And maybe you have a therapist who helps you through that, but my point is is like you're the initiator of that, whether you're seeking professional help to help you with that or not. Um, which I always highly encourage if, if you feel like you really struggle with that. But the first initiation, the first intention behind it comes from within. Yeah. So we're not going to refer to the experts. We're not going to break down the food pyramid and nutrient content. I, I want to talk about the energy of food and the relationship of food, which I think is yeah. the very first step. So, so become aware, right? We're talking about become aware when we're about to make decisions. Um, give ourselves well, no, some the first grace. Step was, the first step was take away the restrictions. Mm -hmm. No more restrictions. Like yeah. give yourself permission but to just- But I think just... taking away restrictions, like what's gonna happen actually is you're gonna do what you've always done, right? How do you, how do you know that? Because that's what people do. We are, we are our habits, Do you right? go in the holiday season with food restrictions? Um, I have an internal self dialogue that is constantly telling me all the stuff that you're telling other people 
to not think anymore. And I think that the hard part <laughs> wait, is... Wait, 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 wait. Real up. admissions yeah. happening over okay, here Okay, tell me what true. you mean. Like, okay, so like, you know, something like, like there will be some dessert or whatever. And I'll like, oh, I'll just have one. You know, and then, oh, I shouldn't eat two. Well, I'll have two. And then like there's this internal war inside me that's like, oh, like kick your heels up. Oh, like you're supposed to be like the fit person making all these right decisions. Like, so you can't do this. And so you have food restrictions. No, no, I'm saying, okay, hold on a second. Hold on <laughs> you a second. do when you say that. What I'm trying do. to do is I'm trying to bring awareness to the reality that when somebody comes into their holidays, they're going to do what they've been conditioned and habitually done in the past. And so what I want people to do is as they're going to do something, I want them to realize that's a, that's a trigger. That's a moment for them to go pause. I am aware right now and I'm choosing rather than just doing what I've always done. Because there's a choice that has to be involved there. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So instead of people think that when Call you go me to, out, girl. No, when you go to grab something at a dessert table, yeah. sometimes you're just doing out of habituation. Right? You're like, oh, let me just get like another piece of pie. Let me just like, you're not really thinking about it. And then you beat yourself sure. up afterwards. I'm saying as you're going for something, use that as an opportunity to start building the muscle of awareness. So you're going, oh, I want that dessert over there. Okay, pause. Why do I want that dessert over there? What's going on here? Am I restricting myself? Become aware of the internal dialogue that you're about to have over that food. I think that's really important. Because that's something like I'm just saying that like I've experienced. You guys are both looking at me like I'm I don't crazy. Do What's that. going on here? I don't do that at all. I look at a dessert table with 12 pies on it and I go, which one's my favorite? I want a slice of that one. And then afterwards, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's good. I eat the pie. I don't know. I mean, I think I used to be in a situation where I was like, I need to have a little bit of all the pies, you know? And, and but I just, I, like last night we had all those pies and I was like, I want the berry one. But you, I think maybe you can you, relate to this more than Katie, like where you're making a decision around it and then you're like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And, uh, uh, and you're having that dialogue with your head. So I'm just saying like, I think how you're do we saying get the awareness? It just, I, think, I think you're saying it in a different way than we're saying it. But okay. I think you're saying the same thing, which is remove the restrictions and have awareness around where those restrictions come from. Yeah. That's I think right. that's what you're trying to say. Okay. Okay. I think I think that's what you're trying to say. You speak fluent, Tyler. I'm saying w be aware of where those decisions are coming from. But and you're not saying don't eat the pie. I want to be no, clear about yeah. that. No. Okay, cuz we're okay. eating the pie. No, unless unless for example, let me just put something out there. Let's pretend that you had a pie every time something horrible happened in your family as a kid and you're using that as a coping mechanism. Well, you have a choice there. You can eat the pie and you can maybe cope with something you're feeling with. Or you can eat the pie and you're not coping with anything, or you can not eat the pie and it might bring up some th feelings for you that you can then use to face, right? There's a lot of things that go in with food. That and is multi-layered pie. It's a multi-layered pie. That's more pie than I was thinking I'm about. I'm just trying to get people to like, just to not just go for it and not I have I think I see what you're saying, which is that like, you know, sometimes just like muscle memory, like I'll continue to go back to a snack bowl and be like, I'm not hungry. I'm not even really enjoying Fact. what I'm eating. I'm just enjoying this movement of hand to mouth. Like people who smoke cigarettes, they're like, I miss having something to do. Yeah. yeah. Or like if you're at a party and you're anxious and you're like, well, I'll just like, you know, snack or stand next to this because like, then I have something to do with myself or have I too many you. drinks or whatever. There's like, you're just kind of um, trying to comfort yourself through something that feels uncomfortable. But generally I think what you're saying is the same thing, which is that food restriction does not work. Yeah. It creates a a totally weird relationship around food that makes you generally go overboard in the opposite direction in a negative way. Let, let me say it this way. Like you're talking about relationship and how important that is. And I couldn't agree more. And so when you go to form a relationship, maybe just use that as an opportunity to be like, what relationship am I trying to form here? Like, why am I trying to form it? What is it doing for me? Is it, is it, you know, like just really asking some questions about your experience and why you're doing it. Because if we operate in our habituation, just doing the same thing over and over again, then we never build the muscle to change the way we're showing up. And if currently like you're doing things um, that aren't working for you, then you've got to change. And you've got to change by starting with that 
finding those points where you can build that awareness and start going, hmm, why am I doing this? I think it's really important to self-reflect on those things. But like in a in a in a way that holds kindness and grace for yourself. Absolutely. So I think yeah, I think we're saying the same thing, which is removing the restrictions and then having an intention around mindfulness and just the sometimes I think people think it has to be you know, when Peg was on a little while ago, uh, we talked I, at the end of the episode I talked about when Dr. Peg was here, I talked about how she has this sign in her office. I'm going to find this quote that's like about the myth around healing, which is like, it's hard, it's painful, it's this and it's that. Maybe, maybe not. And so sometimes I remind myself that just stating an intention in my mind or even out loud to myself is enough to just get the train leaving the station. Yep. It's not about necessarily getting all of the rule, the play-by-play rules so that you end up at your next destination. Mm. It's about just saying, I'm going to say this intention in my mind. I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to just develop an intention and sometimes that's enough for the subconscious mind to just have a tiny bit more awareness. I don't believe the goal is to have all the awareness in day one. I think the goal is to have a tiny bit of awareness at each stop along the way. Yeah. So I'm not asking anybody to come up with a rule book or take notes. Just set an intention of I'm not going to restrict myself this year and I'd like to set an intention of having a, a, a more mindful relationship with the food that I eat and leave it at that. I think that's great. Just yeah. leave it at that. I think that's great. And then drop all the rules because it doesn't really serve anybody. You no, know? And like last doesn't. night even we went to that party. It was like a pie party. And like for some reason I wasn't feeling good before we went there. I don't know why. I like keep thinking I'm ill but I'm not. I just think that I'm exhausted but it doesn't yeah. matter. So I went there and I just wasn't feeling great. And then I um, just listened to myself but I never felt like at once I missed out. So like – I had a couple like small slices of the pies and like there was nothing in me. It was it was like the minute I just removed all the restriction, there was nothing in that made me feel like I needed to break the rule and rebel. It was just like, oh, I don't really feel that great. I just I'm gonna stop. Well, I think that's but what you're alluding of, to, not right? Not out of a rule. Like, yeah, you're, I think that's what you're alluding to. It's like we talk about this fit with fitness a lot, right? If you if you force yourself to go do a workout because you want to like change and validate yourself externally. It's just not going to last. You're motivated outside of yourself, and eventually that's going to go away. And when you actually can show up and just be like, I just want to do this because I, I love me and I want to like take care of my body, then it becomes like almost a part of who you are. It becomes second nature. Even if you went into a workout and said, I'm going to do this with the intention of changing my mood. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a game changer. Yeah, yeah. It and is it's a like, game changer. Then you like get to experience the feeling of that. So it's like I know we're moving into exercise now, but it's kind of like if you have scenario one. Like, I'm going to go in and exercise because I want to lose weight or look this certain way. And then you don't get that in like a week or two and then you feel like shit and then you just kind of stop because you're not getting the thing that you want. But if you go in, even in, the, in one workout, and say, I want to move my body so that I can be in a little bit of a better mood and get some more energy and maybe even sleep a little better tonight just so I can like feel a little better, you will feel that right then. Right You'll then. actually get right immediate away. gratification. Yeah. And then that's a positive loop in your mind and then you'll want to do it again yeah but if you keep going into a workout trying to lose weight and change the shape of your body and like have this goal it never happens in a day it, 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 <laughs> and even if it does happen over so far time, you might figure like, it out <laughs> do you see what i mean and then yeah. it's like a negative loop yeah. so then of course you don't want to do that again right. the minute i i used to hate exercising 
I remember that. Because that was hard. I, I that used was hard for me to watch. Because I, was like, Why I won't used she? to do it to fit in certain pants. Yeah. And and I even remember these pants that I had. <laughs> and I hope you still don't have the pants. Flashback I don't to have the, the pants. pants. And and now I don't do that at all. Like this morning I was like still kind of like, huh? And I was like, do you need a rest today? I was thinking about that. I was like, there's also a difference when you're like, I need to rest today because my body really needs to rest versus I don't feel like it. Right. And I was like, which one is it? And I was like, oh, it's the I don't feel like it. So that means you're going to go. So I went and I said, okay, I'm going to have an intention that I'm actually going to feel better after this. And guess what? I did. And so it's like that is a positive experience that I can continuously have. If you're going to eat something or restrict something or work out to look different, you're going to set yourself up to not do it again. Because you're not going to ever get the... Yeah. And that, let's be true. Even when you fit in the pants, it's a new pair of pants after that. So let's just like throw that away. And let's just like reshape our intentions and, and cultivate a different path. And it's hard because I know like this is not how our society works. No, I get it. It takes a lot of unwinding for sure. For I sure. But I think you're... I think, I think just telling people to build a better relationship with food. And, and better isn't like... This is so hard to talk about food sometimes because you could just steer somebody in the wrong path. But like, just work on your relationship with food so that it's a positive interaction. You appreciate it. There's a lot of gratitude there. There's a lot of like community experience that you can be involved in that and not something that's just being used to try and uh, make yourself temporarily feel better in the moment because you have some unresolved pain. Like you know? even I always like think it's so sweet like at our kids' school every time before they eat, they like sing a little poem or they do some sort of ritual thing around the food. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. The intention behind that is to pause and pay gratitude for the people who pre prepared this food, for the people who grew this food, for the fact that we have the privilege of having the food. Like, even that goes so far. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't wanna give too much advice other than, you know, remove the restrictions and set an intention of creating a beautiful relationship with food. It is possible and it's not gonna happen overnight and that's okay. Absolutely. That's okay. But I feel like I wanna move into the next uh, topic. Are we being told something? <laughs> he, he just told you to transition, transition to the next topic. To self -care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Connor. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird, He's I do. like, enough of you guys talking about food, we get it. <laughs> I know, but people really it. struggle with food around the holidays. For sure, and, and here's the reality. I'm gonna eat a candy cane, I'm gonna enjoy a peanut butter cup. Candy canes are Let's not go. even good. You know? Is that really your go-to? Oh my God, okay, pe peppermint patty, whatever. Just pick your, pick your, pick your <laughs> I just, thing. Those are decorations right? for me. I mean, I guess I'd put one like in a hot chocolate, I but I, I can't would tell never you really the last time one. I had a candy cane. Okay, transition to the next topic, self-care. No more judging, Tyler. No, I wanna talk about, because this goes hand in hand with all the holiday stuff and food. Just the idea of what it takes, what it, the concept around emotional well-being mm. during the holidays. Mm. Holy crap. That is like, there's a lot of stress around the holidays for many different reasons. And like, we all just do it every year and go, oh, the holidays are stressful. And it's like, what if we just didn't subscribe to that channel anymore? Mm. What if we just didn't like, and this year I set a goal for myself. I don't know if I told you guys this, but like. I'm not gonna try to change how anybody shows up this holiday. I'm not gonna do that because I'm literally just setting myself up for a failure. Yes. So I'm not gonna, I'm not. Expectations, you know, what is, I know, uh, uh, was it, it's a Tony quote, right? Trade your expectations for appreciation your whole world will change, right? I know you're looking at me funny because of Tony, but anyways, we'll, we'll, just, okay. we'll just keep that one trade rolling. But um, I, I, I don't want to believe the articles I read about him, but I'm going to move on. I think at the end of the day, though, like when you form an expectation, especially of other people, 
it's an opportunity for disappointment. You're going to suffer because of that. Yeah. And you just need to like do you and appreciate the people around you and let them do them and just keep checking in with yourself and making sure that I you're taking care of If you. I walk into situations with low or no expectation, I am often pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and like isn't it so funny that we every year we have like we know exactly who we're going to be annoyed with. <laughs> we already know ahead of time. And so that tells you right there that you're giving your energy to something. And so this year I told you myself. You know who you're going to, sorry, I just got to, you know who you're going to be annoyed with over Christmas? Really? Come on, you do too, Tyler. I guess I don't, I guess I don't spend any time thinking about that in advance, but you, you like give that some thought, huh? Well, I feel like that's, that's a, that's a real honor on your end because you don't plan any of the things. Yeah? Some of them I do. There's a lot of women's unpaid labor around the holidays. Yeah, there's a A lot lot. of that. And so with that comes a lot of, like, the women kind of bear the brunt of the relational exchanges around the holidays. I'm just going to call that out. Sure. I feel like, not to overgeneralize, but a lot of the times the male counterparts in the family kind of just show up. And so I feel like a lot, and I'm not saying everybody, but from what I have experienced in my own personal life, a lot of the women that I know are holding all of those pieces of the holidays. And so therefore they're dealing with a more of the relational conflict that comes up. That's true. The so like I do, you know, find myself knowing exactly how people are going to show up. And I told myself this year you're not going to try to worry about that and control that. That's their stuff. And the other thing I told myself is um you know how sometimes people like I- I've watched this maybe even in myself where you're like okay I'm gonna take care of myself so then you set like super hardcore boundaries and then you never communicate about that with anyone and then everyone just thinks that you're like Oscar the Grouch and like grumpy right so it's like (laughs) I've been trying to also share you know um this year I feel really overwhelmed there's a lot going on in my career and in my work and I have young children and I'm feeling like I don't really feel like it's good for my mental health to show up and host the holidays this year like that is such a different information to give people it's like go ahead and be vulnerable with people and say if you're going to make an intention to take care of yourself this year and maybe break free from some of the traditions that maybe people feel like you should be holding together um, I want to give people permission to do that that's okay however I do also believe in like kindly and vulnerably communicating about those transitions because it can be jolting for people and people do have expectations so like every my whole family's had expectations unspoken expectations that I host Thanksgiving I have for years and this year I said I don't want to do that and and I communicated that though I didn't just say I'm not hosting I said I'm feeling really overwhelmed this year so I'm going to take a break you know what I mean it's like it's like saying it's like telling people why you're not doing it I'm just feeling really tired this year and I don't know that I can really step up and do it and I think that that can go a long way in terms of managing, not that it's anyone's responsibility to manage how people react to your boundaries, but I think rather than just having such sharp boundaries, it's like, how do you create boundaries that care for yourself while also communic- communicating care and like, hey, I want to call out that I see that this is going to be different. I'm not pretending that that's not happening. And I want to share with you why that's happening. I think that can help a lot. I think that's good. I just want to say one thing. Like I, I, first, I want to empathize with the reality that definitely women are holding a lot more of the responsibilities around the holidays. I don't want my um, comment to be misconstrued for that. I was just literally like, oh, my God, I don't think about that. Yeah, you but know? That, what I'm telling I, you because is of that, that is it. a privilege that you have. I understand. That I think that sometimes maybe men aren't aware of. Like, I, I is it okay to make that? I mean, you know, I'm going to look at you for this one. Women make the holidays go round. The magic in, in that comes from a lot of the mothers out there. and Not all. I don't want to overgeneralize. 
who are holding those pieces together. But with that comes a lot of management of various personalities and family histories and emotional distress. And so I want to give women the permission to, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say no to traditions that no longer serve you. But I do have a caveat to that with, with kind, vulnerable communication to your family and you know, I've actually had to learn this the hard way in my life too. Like sometimes you can actually be kind and vulnerable and it still makes people mad and that's okay. Mm. But at least I let them into my why a little bit so that, that maybe there's an opportunity for them to have a little bit of like care and compassion. But I just think it is important that there are a lot of expectations put on women during the holidays. And I'd love to just give women the opportunity to unsubscribe to things that no longer serve them in a polite, kind, vulnerable way. Well, first, I'll just say thank you for always making our family's holidays really special. I can't speak for other men. You can do that for yourselves and to maybe the people in your lives. But um, so I'm hearing you say something really powerful. And I'm just thinking of a way to maybe give somebody more tools to be able to understand what are the things they might not want to do. Because I feel like what happens is when we fail to plan, we plan to fail. And if we just go into the holidays like, oh, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like not do some of these things and just give myself some grace. If you never give yourself the time to sit down and say, what do I enjoy doing in the holidays? What do I not enjoy doing in the holidays? I promise you, you're probably gonna end up at the end of the holidays and be like, well, next year, next year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like not do the things that I wanna do. So I just, I, I personally wanna give everybody permission to sit down and just give yourself 30 minutes, like anything, right? Where you just say, hey, what are the things I absolutely love doing over the holidays? What are the things that I absolutely don't love doing over the holidays? And then maybe some stuff in between. And then you can have a conversation with whoever's in your life that you need to have that conversation with and say, hey, I just wanted to sit down and, and say, hey, here's the things I love doing over the holidays. I'll absolutely do this no matter what, even if you don't want to. Here are the things like we could maybe hold together. Here are things I really don't want to do. Like how and important you, are these And to if you? you value that. Then you can take it over. Do you, do you feel like you could take it over? Yeah. Yeah. I think mindset is a part of this too. I know for me, I'll admit, like I have a really, I come from a really small family and it's off, oftentimes holidays are just me and my mom and maybe a couple other people. And, um, a long time as a younger woman, like I was just like, we're going to have a bad time. Like I would show up with the like mm. energy that like Thanksgiving was going to suck. <laughs> we were going to get in a fight or whatever. And maybe, the, maybe some years we did, you know, and there was friction and I would kind of walk in with this energy ahead of time. Like what a drag that I have to go do this. And as a, an, as an adult now, like I have really kind of switched that tune around where like I, I want to walk into it and be like, maybe I'm gonna have a really good time today. And that's not always true. Sometimes we still totally have friction because I think you're cooking and the temperature in the kitchen's hot and like it's whatever people rub each other the wrong way sometimes but I definitely try to like walk into having a little bit of that preparedness of like I'm gonna have a good time today you know what you said though I think this is distinction and I, I see this in you a lot you said maybe I'm gonna have a good time today you didn't say I'm gonna go have a chipper time because now you've created an expectation that if you if everything doesn't go well you leave feeling miserable it's a disaster. so like showing up in your head <laughs> having an expectation of it is just as bad as showing uh, up in your head and having an expectation that's gonna it's gonna be horrible right and so like how do you show up with curiosity and really just being present to what's coming in. And if it's something positive, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And if it's something that maybe doesn't feel as good, you're like, hmm, what am I learning from this? Yeah. And you don't walk away from it being like, this holiday sucked or whatever, you know? Yeah, less it's totality, good. I guess, about it. You have a lot but... of curiosity, which is good. And I sorry, I have to go somewhere real quick because oh, no. we went, we I was like, where are we going? <laughs> I, well, we're just, it's, just, it's, the, it's the gender dy dynamics over the holidays. And like, I just want to say one thing to the women out there. I was watching a conversation 
um, between two people and they were talking about a tradition and uh, the wife did not want to do the tradition. And as they started the debate, um, the husband said, this is not up for debate. And I was like, you know, like I bit my lip. I'm like, okay, this isn't my responsibility to go in and fix this dynamic. But I just want, I just want you to know that like if, if ever someone is not up for debate or something is not up for debate, like that's not okay. Everything is up for debate and you need to be able to be brave enough to hold your own and say, Hey, this is my, this is my belief. This is what I want. This is what I'm asking you for. And I just, I want people to not run away from that. I think it's really important, you know? Be and safe think, and be smart. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't know what any situations people are in, but like, like, it's so easy for us to get stuck in these dynamics where if a man like that says, this is not, this is not up for debate. Um, and then the, you know, maybe the woman feels like I, I got nothing. I can't say anything. I'm like, no, you can, you can, you can stick with that. You know, I know, but I also hard. think it's important but to. I'm just trying to call out that's bullshit. Like, I sorry, I'm just on my end. I'm just like, that's I think not for cool. anybody to you create know? a situation in their relationship where someone is unable to have feedback is pretty unhealthy. And I, I wish better for both parties in that situation. Yeah. yeah. But I think that there is a difference between I'm going to hold my side and create a wall. Yeah. And I'm going to share from a vulnerable space and attempt to create connection. Right. While right. setting it's, a boundary. It, yeah. Those are people can do this whole like I have boundaries game. But you can kind of be an asshole and have boundaries too. And yeah, so it's absolutely. like, I think that I want to make, create a distinction between, um, like I'll give a really good example of a dynamic that um, used to and sometimes does occur um, with us. Where like I would hold something in our family and I would expect you to know that that was a lot and I would never communicate it and then I would resent you and then it would all come out and I'd be like, oh, I can't believe you don't hold this. And now... kind of sounded like Kermit right there. <laughs> that was good. The jacket had to come off. It was a little bit too hot. Um, but now, like remember the other day, um, I was really struggling with Ellie's homework and I was like, listen, can I have... And, and also, I intentionally waited to have this conversation not in the moment. I waited for it to be like an appropriate time. Like at so, night when I was like really tired and about to fall asleep. Anyway, well, it's the only now. Like, it's happening now <laughs> on the podcast. So I had said, you know, I really struggle with Ellie's homework and I noticed that you tend to be able to offer her more presence in those moments than I do. And I think I was feeling resentful at trying to push the homework because there are a lot of things about Ellie's education that I feel like I hold that you don't because it's not really your strength. And I want to revisit the responsibilities that we have around her education. Mm, yeah, That is very different than I don't want to do her homework anymore and this is my boundary and you need it's such a different conversation we, and I know because I used those, to have those we, conversations we've played those boundary games before yeah. and it's tough because I think that when you're first starting to set boundaries um your skill at being tactful in them and not, not you specifically well anybody, no you could call me anybody yes me yeah yes you yes you <laughs> and other people your skill in being tactful in them is not there yet and yep. so what it feels like a lot of the time to the other person is a stiff arm in the face yeah. And, and I think that if you can stick with it and you can go back to communication and go back to understanding each other as best you can, eventually you learn how to communicate in those dynamics. Because when you approached me about the education stuff, I was like, oh, wow, like I'm completely unaware that this is how you felt. And like, thank you for sharing this with me. And I also grew in my own responses 
instead of saying, yeah, I got this. And then just like <laughs> my ADD, just forgetting about it and swipping it away. I said, okay, hang on, let me email myself so I can think about this for a while. And let me come back to you and let you know how I want to approach this. And so I gave myself some space to really think about how I can approach this and not just be like, yes, because I think just agreeing to something and then not fulfilling it is also a, a horrible expectation to set. I think something that's really nice about um, the discussion around boundaries, because I know for me, I thought of boundaries as like a, a brick wall between two people. I was like, if you have a boundary, like that means I'm unavailable for any feedback. I'm unavailable to like change my mind on this. Like this is a hard line. And someone once described me as uh, described to me that a boundary is a place where two people can meet. Mm. And I thought that was really beautiful because like if I offer you, like for instance, we have a really beautiful friendship. Um, and if I'm like, hey, I'm not available. Like there's never like this like, oh, like she doesn't care about me. Like, you know, it doesn't like the story in your head doesn't like extrapolate something that's negative. It's like an opportunity for us to have a further conversation around what that other person needs and how like that need can be met. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Like I had a mental connotation, I'll totally admit around boundaries being a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Like if you have boundaries, that person, like, maybe you don't trust them or you don't really care about them or I don't know, it's just really negative I think in my that mind. boundaries are just a way for you to communicate with others about what you need and it's Fact. okay for everybody to have different needs yeah and um so i think it's just how you communicate those needs that's really important and it's i'm gonna big. have to go get more hot tea because my throat is so okay go get I'm some so hot sorry. tea and i'll drop a little brene brown bomb <laughs> while you're there uh oh um i was just it was, she recently released a book uh, it was earlier this year um and i know that she's been researching you know happiness for decades and um I love all of her books, and the most recent one, she talked about what makes people most happy, and it was boundaries, right? People think it's that like it's like me. meditation or this or whatever it may be, but the reality is, is, is you know, as Katie said just now, like boundaries are your ability to connect with yourself and say, what do I need, and then express that ideally in a kind and compassionate way to the people around you, yeah. and what those people do with those boundaries really shows the the dynamic that you guys have because you know i think um it was several weeks back when we had marilyn on the show she talked about when she first started saying no and setting boundaries and then people would just freak out and they're like what and then she would revert and she would go back and say okay i don't need those boundaries so right hard, which is yeah. such a hard thing to do is to like really connect with yourself enough to know that that boundary you're setting is incredibly meaningful and that you have you. a right to set it exactly that you, boom mic drop on that statement that you have a right to set that boundary I feel like so few people value themselves enough to say, what do I need? And recognize that that's their right. That's their human right yeah. on this earth to say, I need this from you or I need this in my life. And for someone else to be able to comment on that and they can come together. And I think it builds strength of relationships and communication if you let it be that tool. And I mean, it can change the scenery of your life a lot when you have a boundary that you feel like really tr true in yourself about. Because I think... I, you guys have watched me for so long have, you know, relationships and life and whatever has happened. Um, and like my boundaries have changed a lot over the years and I think gotten more true to who I am today. And that changed the scenery of my life quite a bit, yeah. right? Like what I felt like I had a right, a right to ask for. And then like that, of course, then had to change some of the players in my, in my story. And that wasn't always a fun or enjoyable experience, but like that, that's part of it and that that's okay. Yeah. That you have the right. Yeah. Yeah, this is going back to the holidays too, I think. At the end of the day, like, it's so easy to do everything for everyone else and forget about ourselves. And to me, you know, I think that some people could look at this and be like, oh, it's selfish, right? But I'm like, dude, you cannot take care of others and you cannot connect with others. You cannot unconditionally love others until you take care of yourself, until you connect with yourself, until you learn to love yourself. And it starts at home. And 
one of the things over the weekend, I had like a really intense self-care day on Saturday. And I want to clarify. It's not being on TikTok for three hours at nighttime. It's not endlessly watching TV. Um, And then I had this idea because we run these like uh, 30-day feel-good challenges. We actually, I think we talked about that with one of our guests in the past. And um, I was thinking about one of the things that we could incorporate in the 30-day feel-good challenges. Like, I don't know what we would call it. I'll think of a clever name. But where you, like, maybe I would, like, list out, like, 15 different things that, like, can, are considered self-care. And then, like, maybe all the members have to try to aim to check off five of them. But they would be things like take a walk in nature for a half an hour. Yeah. Um, go connect with a good friend who always uplifts you. Not a negative person, right? But, like, turn your phone off and have coffee or tea with them. Um, take a hot bath or a hot shower. Uh, go sit in the sun and read a book for 20 minutes. Like, these are things that if you can, even sometimes like little things that I do where I like put oil on my face and take my little gua sha tool and just sit there and just like give my little, have like a little facial massage, like to myself. And I feel like our society and our culture is like, oh, I relax. I watch TV at night. And I'm like, yeah, there is a time and place for that. We watched some great shows over the weekend. But I would love to encourage people like to redefine what self-care actually is and to look into like what that actually feels like because you're not going to feel always restored from watching TV, maybe sometimes. But I did have that experience this weekend where I was like, oh my gosh, we need to reevaluate what self-care looks like. And if you can plan ahead, kind of like what you were saying, where you give yourself a half day or a six-hour chunk once a month where you can just say, I'm going to set up, check in with my partner. Like we could even trade. Like you're going to have the kids for six hours on a Saturday one month and I'm going to have them a couple weeks later. And like you literally plan for it. It's such a valuable experience because we're talking about all the root of what we always talk about here. I don't know if anyone's noticed. It's connection with self. It's not even referring to us as the experts. Please don't refer to me as the expert. It's me getting you back to you. That's what I want to give permission for people to do over and over again. And it's really hard for you to have those moments myself when you're watching a TV show. It's a lot easier when you go for a walk, when you connect with a really uplifting friend, when you take a hot bath and read a book. Like Those moments of connection with self breed all of these other moments that we're talking about. So it is the busiest time of year. But I really want to give people permission to to carve out even two to four hours of just make a list of things that you could do that would actually create restorative rest in your body, and real I, restorative rest. I think that's amazing. And I also don't want people to who can't have no opportunity for that or there's just not space in their life for that to, to think like, oh, I can't do that because I, I don't have two hours or I don't have any money or something like that, right? Well, I don't and think it has to even involve money. Yeah, I, I just, I want to just, I want to give everyone who's Although listening. Although time is a privilege too. I want to give everyone who's listening just like, even if this means you wake up in the morning and you either ask for or you, you maybe before everybody else wakes up and you just take like, even just like a couple minutes to just sit still, take a few deep breaths and just kind of feel your body. Just feel your body. I, I, I know that sounds like so little that it wouldn't make that much of an impact but i promise you if you just wake up in the morning and just sat still for a second and just took a few deep breaths and connected with your body it will make such a huge difference on your day um and so it doesn't have to be crazy big um i highly encourage it to be if you can afford (laughs) the time to do that you know and um and like you know even massage you know we talk about thai massage but like i use um 
uh, like foam rollers and, and you know, like, like these uh, big rubber balls, right, that you can kind of dig your legs and stuff into. So I do a ton of like self-massage work that's really good for like, you know, getting rid of knots and feeling better recovery. Like you can do that instead of getting, you know, professional massages. I have a little tip around self-care that oh, I think I love is it. really special. What do you got? It's very simple. It's very um, accessible. And it's usually you have the time for this. I mean, maybe it takes five or ten minutes. But um, after I take a hot shower or a hot bath, I... I never want to because I'm always like, it's going to take extra time. But I just make sure to put lotion all over my body. And I think that, like, we talked actually about this with Dr. Pegg, like, that touching your yourself, like, that is caring for yourself. Like, um, that when you put lotion all over yourself and you it takes five minutes probably and you're touching your body and, like, I feel like you do feel connected with self in those moments. And I actually stole this from you. <laughs> Part of my, like, self-care routines really are kind of foundationally based off of the way I watched you put your little girls to bed. Mm. And you would put them in the bath and wash their hair and get them out and put lotion on their bodies and, you know, put, like, lavender essential oils on their feet or little things. I don't remember all of it. But I was like, oh, my gosh, like, my mom used to put me to bed and put me in a bath and, like, do all those nice things for me. Mm. And obviously, like, that's really special that I had that relationship with my mom. I know everyone has different relationships with their family, but um, that like to care for yourself the way that like a, maybe a, a positive parental figure would care for you and to think about that and like to check in with yourself in that way. And like I, well, also what you said about sitting and taking deep breaths, like something that's really helpful for me, even if I have no time for anything else is to put one hand on your stomach yeah. and one on your heart. Yeah. And like something about that, like hand placement, you're like, oh, like it grounds me almost instantly. And yeah, you have to connect with it. And like maybe the first time it feels really silly. You're like, what am I doing? But it's like this little self hug that takes 30 seconds, less than that. You're speaking to something so critical though. And when you're saying like, I'm putting myself to bed the same way that like I felt my mom put me to bed, or maybe somebody didn't have their mom put them to bed like that. When we're acting in self care, we're aligning all the parts of ourselves. We're telling the child inside, we're taking care of you. We're telling the teenager inside, I see you, I'm here for you. And we're telling ourselves as an adult, I have the choice to be able to do this for myself. And it's something that I feel like very few people take the time to do. And I think that you need to do that. When you do that for yourself, it's not just you now. It's like you're doing it for all the experiences of you in the past. And I think if you can yeah. align all that, oh man, it makes you feel so good. And it creates more self-value, right? I and when you value yourself, you make different choices. Ooh, ooh. That doesn't feel like something we should just gloss over and go to the next topic. (laughs) When you value yourself, you make different choices. This is everything that we're talking about all the time. When you care about yourself, you make different choices. And like I think the concept of what you're talking about with reparenting, I think regardless of the childhood that you have, most of us need a level of reparenting. And that's just the human condition and that's nobody's fault. Everyone is just, you know, my long time history ago my work was in child development and um i never forget one of my mentors saying people are really just doing the best that they can so like when you go in these environments and you see different uh interactions with parents you have to remind yourself that they're doing the best that they know how to do and so that that they were really teaching us as teachers to not have judgment for different parental philosophies but that always stuck with me like we really are and so But when you become an adult, I do believe that it is your responsibility to see those spots where you felt like there was deficit. And rather than give the energy to blame, rather than give the energy to being the victim, I think it's important to cultivate energy towards empowerment of reparenting of self. Mm -hmm. And um, I have, and I I do believe there's a variety of different ways. The, The path that I took is I specifically chose a therapist who had specialty in working in reparenting and all things childhood. She does a ton of inner child work, right? Um, But 
regardless, I think what we're talking about is just the idea that it is your responsibility to care for yourself. And um, I think that it is never anything big. If you're waiting for the, 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 big, the big solution to fix all your problems, you're probably going to wait your whole life. Real change is evoked through small, conscious mindfulness steps. Small, like we said earlier, an intention just stating the intention in your mind. It's those tiny little things. Maybe you'd have no self-care and now you have five minutes a day. And so I just want to, again, encourage people this holiday season to just give themselves permission to, to be a little bit more in tune with what they need and to care for themselves in a way that maybe they haven't before, even if it's just small. I also want to maybe end on one thing because I know we're probably almost at time here. You don't want to talk about presents at all? What do you guys want for Christmas? What do you guys want for Christmas? <laughs> no, I think it'd be something fun to talk about. Okay, well, we well, could on and we'll why don't we go there and then I'll end on what I was going to say. Okay. Okay, so cool? you want to talk about presents. I do. I, I personally want to talk about it because... Because um, your love language is gifts. Well, I definitely have some 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 of my love language is gifts. Um, and, you know, that's a good place to start. I think that oftentimes when we give to others, not just gifts, but anything, our time, our energy, like physical affection, words, whatever... We're often giving to others what we want for ourselves. Mm. And rarely is that person that we're giving it to receiving it the way that we would be receiving it if we were genuinely giving it to ourselves. And so I think that simple awareness around like who you are and what really matters is so important. And I want to tell everybody out there why. Um, in the heat of my chasing success and achievement and all this shit that I used to think was really important, like the scorecard of life that we all think is important. Um, I remember one year I went absolutely insane on Christmas gifts for you, Katie. I and, know, I was so uncomfortable. And, and I was like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nina yeah. was on the sidelines oh that year. Oh my God. And, um, and I was like, dude, this is going to land. This is going to crush. And not only did it not land, it was like, this is like making you feel uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, for me to put so much energy into something, thinking that it would be impactful and recognizing that that's not your love language. Like that was a big lesson for me. And I would encourage everybody like there's like, I don't know where you can find the love language test, but you can do a Google, yeah, Google love language test. You can go find out like what is most meaningful to you and your partner. And you can literally just pause for a second and go, okay, how can I do, you can ask your partner, okay, now that I know you're, you're a physical touch or a words of affirmation person, like what are the things I can do for you that make you feel genuinely loved? And I promise you, whatever they're gonna say is going to land like a hundred times more than you know, rocking their Christmas unless their Christmas or unless their you know their uh, love language is, is is gifts, right? But this came up the other day. Remember when you offered me something, and then I said, "Oh, how I got really excited." I forget what it was, and then I said, "Oh, how funny! You could have offered me this a couple Christmases ago and saved a lot of money." What was that? I think you offered to help me clean the basement or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That is classic. It was something like it was like a very. Um, kind thought out like active service that you knew would really be impactful for me <laughs> and yes that is cleaning the basement Katie i love cleaning loves cleaning the base i love cleaning the basement i did it the other day too but my point is is that it it, it it's the thought and the energy around when you get out of what you think that person wants and you get into what you think like what they you might actually what they might actually want it's a different experience for the person totally and i think that our culture is nina and i were talking about this before the podcast today is so rooted in bye 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 and i just want to question that mentality yeah. a little bit because i'm like 
you bought all that stuff last year. Did it make you happy? Are you happy last year because you bought all that? Because you got all that? And like, I've even had to make a kind, like kind of a mindfulness. I try my best because I know that like our family almost, I like, it's a hard boundary a little bit for me to have where I have to be polite about it. But I'm like, please don't buy my kids a hundred gifts because I don't want my children to think that like, that's what this is all about. And, um, I don't know. I, I know that that's tricky with kids and families, but well, I. But I want. I want to comment. That was the second thing I really wanted to comment on. It. So like one, like know your audience, right? <laughs> like and do what's meaningful. And if you do what's meaningful, it's going to land better. You're going to feel more connected. Everybody's going to feel so much better because of it. And I promise you, unless that person's love language is gifts, it it's going to be something that's probably free. You know what I mean? And it's going to save you money and it's going to connect you more with the people that are important to you. Now, the second thing I think is really important, and you, you kind of touch on this, especially if you have children. One of the things you initiated many, many years ago was, um, you know, supporting others in need. And I, and I always loved how, how much, um, like, it felt really imp- impactful for me for us to go out and sp- sponsor some families who couldn't afford to buy their kids presents. And it's not about um, encouraging materialism to them. It's about showing everybody that, hey, there's somebody out here that cares about you that knows nothing about you and that just wants to do good and just kind of show up to spread some some you know love and cheer. And it's also about our kids seeing that and saying, hey, not everybody gets um, the privilege that we get. And so how do we use our energy to, you know, to show other people that we love and support them? And so, you know, in this holiday season, if you got a handful of days left till Christmas, like if you can do something meaningful and impactful to others, maybe it's maybe it's buy a cup of coffee for the person behind you and walk away and don't say anything, right? Something simple like that. But I would love it if everybody who's listening right now just picked one thing and did something kind and generous for somebody else that that would make them feel, you know, that that holiday cheer. You know? Yeah. I think I think redefining what the holidays mean small steps every year is is really impactful. And I just have asked myself, like, do getting all those presents every year like make me happier? And the real answer is no, they don't. It's fun in the moment. You get a lot of dopamine hits. And I'm not saying we should cancel the holidays. <laughs> but I am saying if we could have just a tiny bit of space in between the, the thought and the action and just think about, like, what is the real value behind this? What message am I trying to pass down to my children? What do I want them to carry on in terms of the value of these this season? And also recognizing that the holiday season is sometimes the worst time of year for many, many people. And so to enjoy it myself, but to also recognize that many other people are having many different experiences that we'll never understand and to show up for people in the best way that we can. So I think this is a good time for me to say what Wrap I was going to say. I had a really hard time not just doing that joy to the I world know. bit that Chevy Chase does I, in oh Christmas vacation. You do there. it every year. Yeah. Um, but one thing I want to share is that, I was thinking about this earlier today just around like getting together with people who trigger us because that's just what's going to happen around the holidays. And then I thought what it felt like to hold a mental image of that person as a child, mm. like their childhood like face and their like their their the, the essence of their child self in an environment where you know you're going to be triggered, right? Because... I think what happens is that like people will have trigger us in ways, whether it's a, we could even use the common, almost comical example of the different political views that come together around the holidays, right? Like at some point you do have to surrender to the fact that you're probably not going to change people's minds about things. And 
I think it's okay to be a living, breathing, kind example of what change you want to have in the world. But I've been guilty of myself of being like standing on my hill and this is what we're doing and this is the right way to do it. And it really never got me anywhere. And so being the living example of what you want to happen in the world and allowing people to show up as themselves and offering them love, even if they have a different perspective of the world, even if they trigger you in a certain way, and then using the practice. I, I, I was thinking about just the idea that like, at a, like what happens in my opinion is that all of our unique souls find complete harmony with one another. It's the personalities and the history and the traumas and the data that all come together and create all of the disconnect. Mm. And so I try to remind myself that somewhere in all of us is that deep soul that can find abundant, can find an abundance of connection and love. And that when I'm not finding that with somebody, it's because our personalities are getting in the way. Right. And so holding and you're, that. You're preventing yourself from connecting in that real deep soul. Way. And holding that mental image of that person's childhood self is a way to sort of represent that image of the soul and that innocence and that, you know, kids are very open. They're not, they don't come in at month one and have like, I don't like you. Judge Do you know what I mean? Those stuff, are all yeah. trained behaviors that form with the personality. So holding that mental image of the child of for whoever you're feeling triggered by in the holidays at that dinner table and setting that intention of like that person is the way they are and I'm just going to be a loving kind example because there's nothing really else that you can do anyway because getting upset and participating in those negative energies isn't going to serve you. It's actually just going to deplete you. So no. and I it's just not going to change anybody's that. opinion. It's either. not going it's to. It's not going to change their opinion. So it's better to like, even if you wanted to change their opinion, like sh do that through like love, compassion, acceptance, empathy, kindness, and, and being an example. I'll be the first know? to say that um, this is the hardest thing to do. So even if you could do it one time, right? If you're triggered. 99 times in your family gathering and one of the times you hold space for a person in a different way I consider that a win. So, so just real quick. I'm so sorry. I always like actionable steps So somebody triggers you what do you say give give some give somebody something they can say so they can just do it and walk away I think you almost actually just give them grace. I don't think you have to just say, you could say anything. Oh, I thanks think, for your opinion, right? Or yeah, something like I that. I don't think you have to necessarily have like a reaction out of it. Yeah, I mean I mean, sometimes you are in a place where someone's looking for you, like, what are you going to say? And you could say, thank you for sharing that. I'll think about that more. That doesn't mean you commit to their opinion. That doesn't yeah. mean you surrender to your own belief system. Just it just grace. means that you're acknowledging. And I've said this before on the podcast, and I think about this almost every single day. Oprah says this, and I think about it every day. All of us are just walking around going, do you see me? Do you care about me? Do you love me? And it comes out in really shitty ways sometimes through our personality yeah. defects. But that's what it all is at the core of it. So when somebody says something and it's really triggering and you just say, thank you for sharing that. I'll think about that more. doesn't mean anything other than you gave that person the opportunity to feel seen, even if the way they want to feel seen is not the way you want to feel seen. What a beautiful gift you could give somebody. And it's very hard to do. But <laughs> I don't want to act Let like us. I'm like doing that all the time. I want to be real that it's really hard. But I just want to like, put that out there because when you do that, not only do you give that gift to somebody else, but your holidays are actually better. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. are. Your yes. life so, will be better. Oh, let's get real. You. Your life yeah. will be better when you don't try to change everyone else, when you just accept people for who they are and Ooh, you love it's and rough. accept yourself. It's, it's a hard practice though. I don't want to minimize how difficult it is, but I think we're going to wrap for now. I think we're going to, I think we're going to leave it at that for this week. I hope every, I wish everyone a, 
a holiday season that may feel a little more connected to self this year, even if it's just a tiny bit. I think that that's the best gift we can give ourselves is connection with ourselves. So, um, Nina, tell people where they can email us. You can email us at podcast at weshape.com. We check it. We respond. We would love to hear from you. Let us know how your holidays are going or went um, or what you do in situations when you feel like this. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I would actually love if you guys want to send us an email just about like, I used to show up in the holidays this way and I made this tiny, teeny change this year and it impacted me in this way. I would love to hear that. So definitely email us. Um, we actually have two social channels now. So we have uh, on most, we have what? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we have WeShape. And then we're also, we were, we were confusing the algorithm because you would do things like, get your shoulder out of this pain. And then I would do things like connect with self and don't have food restrictions. And then like the algorithm was like, what you doing? You're doing too many things. So we said, okay, we got to split the channels. So on most of our channels where we shape and then we shape dot wellness, except Instagram, we shape by itself is not available, even though that user has not used Instagram since 2015. If you own that account, please Call let us, us have it. We've been trying to get in touch with you. Um, so on Instagram, Connor, what are we? We shape dot wellness and we shape dot wellness too. Awesome. You'll find to us. To the number or to, to the number. Also. Okay. But yeah. eventually we hope to be WeShape and WeShape.Wellness. So we have two different social accounts now. Follow us there. And please send us your stories at, at podcast at WeShape.com. We would love to read some of them on the air. Maybe in the new year we'll read a few. So send them our way. Until then, you guys, happy holidays. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your support. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, make sure you click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash free, where you can build your first workout and activate your two-week free trial. See you next week.